You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. As the spring sports season begins to wind down, Midco SN starts turning up the coverage, including live UND softball this Saturday against South Dakota State and next Saturday at North Dakota State, plus the first ever live broadcast of the Howard Wood Dakota Relays in Sioux Falls coming up on May the 3rd and the 4th. Midco Sports Network, this is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast, taping this on a Tuesday afternoon, April the 23rd, episode 35, alongside producer David Folsky, Athletics Director Bill Shaves. I'm Alex Seinert. A lot of stuff going on this week, a lot of things that we just, just happened this past weekend, Easter now, uh, taking place this past weekend in our rear view. Uh, good time to be alive. Temps in the 60s, spring's really here, even as the spring sports season kind of wraps up. How are things from your chair today, Bill? Chair's doing Excellent. Um, thanks for making it here, Alex. I know that your uh, your household has been busy, so you <laughs> might uh, you might be able to uh, elaborate on that. I'll let you decide on how you want to go there. But congratulations uh, yeah. on the Heinert family. I think it's awesome. Uh, but uh, all is good. You know, we're uh, we're kind of in wrap up mode a little bit, and uh, a lot of our uh, programs are are kind of headed to their championships or hoping to head to their championships. Uh, Golf, women's golf is down literally, literally just finished round three uh, as we record this. And uh, tennis championships coming up, men's uh, golf championships. So lots going on for sure as we kind of head and put a uh, put a bow on this particular uh, academic year. Yeah, it is wild to think. Again, we're not that far away from graduation. You've got all of these sports that are either, yeah, as you mentioned, finished with their season now or on the cusp of going to their Summit League tournaments. And uh, it's fun. This track and field is only a couple weeks away from yeah. wrapping up there outdoor season uh, a lot of, a lot of different things to touch on both on the field on the track on the court etc uh, there was some also big news from an NCAA perspective off off these types of things mm-hmm. uh, that had UND in mind of course and uh, maybe that's a good place to start backing up this past week North Dakota selected to host the NCAA Midwest Regional uh, this is the fifth time since 2015 UND has been hosting for for men's ice hockey uh, they'll be hosting in 2021 uh, exciting stuff again for, for the NCAA to pick UND and to be a part of this this road to the Frozen Four as they've been the last couple seasons. Yeah, no no doubt, and uh, kudos to our staff for uh, for um, for doing it the last five, six, seven years. And I, I think it's uh, it's great for the program for sure, uh, knowing that there's opportunity if we have a good enough year and we do make the the regionals. There's a chance we could play in a pretty close uh, proximity to. Uh, to, to our campus. And, and so we've been able to do that the last several years. And yep, uh, the NCAA came out with their, uh, we actually put in for three years. Everyone put in for yeah. three, mm-hmm. but they announced two. And so that's kind of interesting. And so I'm not quite sure necessarily uh, what that thought process is, but maybe they didn't want to extend out too long, too, too much uh, out into the future. I think maybe there's going to be some conversations I'm not saying tweaks to regionals, but maybe just uh, maybe broader conversations and they didn't want to maybe uh, lock themselves in to a three-year commitment, but you really needed to at least go out 11 months, right? Yeah. And then uh, and, and then eventually 23 months. So that's kind of where we are right now. And we've got a little bit of a reprieve right now, which is great. Our staff, you know, works exceedingly hard once, you know, and, and again, it's a UND how should I say, hosting function. And there is a lot of moving parts to that. The NCA does come in, but really between the facility you're in and then the host institution, 
there's just a lot of things that yeah. you got to get done. And, and so it, to have one year off for the staff, I think is awesome. Yeah, because it is your show. I mean, it that, is. We, we talked with Kyle on the pod a couple of weeks ago before this year's West Regional. That's by the way, the one tweak in this is that now Denver has been able to, to bid and have a, a West Regional coming up in Loveland, Colorado, where, where the Midwest now has shifted sort of, sort of back to where the Midwest actually is, at least in 2021. Alex on PA. Yeah, still, is, yes. yeah, you know, and that's that was one of the reasons I think when people saw that they didn't bid it all the way out to 20. 2022 like well did were there enough diversity in bids do we want to maybe wait and see as you said are things going to change in terms of parameters because right now they don't really look at home you know home sites really aren't technically you know viewed as preferential choice from the ncaa uh same least, thing same thing with olympic sheets etc there's a lot yeah, of the things commi- that kind of go the community's in. been pretty consistent yeah. really of where they've i guess kept the actual regional yeah. and so yeah i i don't know i and it's not as if i have any uh inside news on this i i'm just speculating that there probably is additional conversation that that um that that committee maybe wants to have and they just didn't want to maybe lock themselves in during yeah. that three-year period yeah and then just to go back to i mean again kyle mentioning how important it is well, you know you want to put your best foot forward obviously and put on a great tournament because you do get you know, four different teams from all across the country coming in. And again, you are responsible for so much of that. And I think UND has done a phenomenal job, both in Fargo and then in Sioux Falls uh, two seasons ago, hosting these regionals. And as you said, probably not, not a bad thing for them to take a breath when next March comes around and not have this additional responsibility, but obviously a huge deal for the university to still be yeah. hosting on a regular basis for this tournament in the future. No doubt about it. And I, I would say that... Um, even for our fan base to some degree too, you know, we're sensitive to any sort of fatigue too that could set in if maybe you're doing it on an annual basis mm-hmm. versus say a biannual basis. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I, and again, I, I know our fan base will go anywhere. So yeah. that that's not necessarily an issue and I'm sure closer is better. Um, but, you know, even sometimes, um, I don't know, sometimes even our, probably our team, you could probably say it's it's great to have different opportunities as well so all that to be said um no we're excited about it when we uh, heard the news and so uh we'll always make sure that we're in the mix so to speak um and uh and then it's up to the ncaa to decide what they want to do yeah well congrats again to to und and then shields arena in fargo selecting to host ncaa midwest regional 2021 uh that wasn't the only hockey news over the course of the weekend some recruiting changes that are being looked at and passed through in terms of when coaches can contact some of the younger players. And we've, we've seen that over the years where it feels like recruiting has gotten younger and younger and now middle schoolers are, are committing and now that won't be the case. Yeah, you know, I'll just keep it really broad or high level is um, there had been conversation about just really early recruitment among all sports. Yeah. And and I think, uh, I think the concept was can we find a consistent date in which you really are officially contacting a potential student athlete, uh, a prospective student athlete, if you will. Um, but I think the sport of hockey, in a sense, got carved out a little bit because of the competition with the CHL. And at yeah. the end of the day, so so there was some conversations about that, the last council meeting, and that got tabled to April. And so I think at this point, and, and Commissioner Fenton's been very, very good, very vocal. He's been a, a leader uh, in, in, the, in the country to kind of make sure that folks understood sort of the differential of what's happening in the hockey world. And I think the coaches are generally okay with what's transpired at this point in time. And, you know, I, I'd say this, um, you know, you can make an argument probably 
that maybe it still isn't early enough because of maybe what is occurring, uh, you know, north of the border, so to speak. But I, I think it, as long as there's enough information out there, uh, a particular, you know, player can make their choice on which direction they might go. They're really two different choices. Yeah. There really are. I mean, I don't think that I don't think it takes that much. Even a 13, 14 year old can figure out at that point in time. Do I want to play 70 games a year and not and kind of have that sort of, for lack of a better term, professional minor league mm -hmm. feel? Or, or do you want to do this thing, this higher education thing, coupled along with the sport? And so those are choices that I think um, hopefully th those are distinct enough choices. And every, every student's different. Everyone's different. And everyone's path is their path. And so whatever makes sense for them. But I think, uh, fortunately, knock on wood, uh, that, that worked out well. So kudos to Commissioner Fenton and his counterparts and the, and the council for approving that. Yeah, I think the big plus is that you, you, have, you have a chance to get more data on these kids. Just like we, when we talked a couple weeks ago about the whole one and done thing with the NBA waiting, you know, to see a little more with these kids or the NFL, et cetera. It's kind of the same thing from a recruiting standpoint. Instead of now having to feel the need to lock a kid in when they are 14, 13 years old, et cetera, just because they could blossom into something. Now you, you know there's less investment then on both sides and then you don't have to get to a point where the kid's now 18 19 and you just know well hey they're they're never going to play for us and you have no, to, to cut that to, to cut that cord where where the tricky balance becomes is there are um coaches uh i guess individuals that will get into certain families and 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 students ears in regards to i guess what what potentially is out there and what may not be out there. And, and I think that's kind of, it's a, it's a delicate balance to try to kind of weave through that because yeah. you, you can't police people <laughs> as far as conversations they're going to have. Yeah. And I think it, we got younger and younger and younger because I think at the end of the day, uh, either the student or, or the families felt like they were going to be missing out on an opportunity. I think that's really what ended up happening. And so, but boy, you, you look at just the differential of what can transpire from like, say your eighth grade year to your senior year, right? I mean, it, it could be dramatic. Yeah. And so I think it, it's all done with the right intentions. But again, sometimes intentions don't win the day. Yeah. Well said. Hmm. Well, yeah. As usual, well, that's that's it's another one of those topics that's probably not going to go anytime soon. But it's nice to see we'll those conversations. We'll always continue talking it, about it. it. Yep, yeah, you get a sense. This will be a living, breathing document. We move the needle here, the needle. Then things It'll, happen over there, yeah. and then you go try to go figure that one out, and something else springs up. So it's it's whenever you have eighty-two sports and you're trying to have rules that govern all eighty-two sports, it is there's there's just no way you can just everyone's going to have their issues yeah. sport by sport and so it's it's challenging for yeah. sure it's a fun umbrella to get to try and it get everybody is. inside it is <laughs> well uh, speaking of inside thankfully we have a fun umbrella in grand forks that's called the alaris center and that it was enabled to be open for us this past weekend to get some softball games in first home games of the season for und softball uh, unfortunately, they, all close games, none of them went UND's way, a couple losses to Western Illinois, but but great for the girls to at least play here in town and then opening up the opportunity now to play 
on their home field coming up this weekend. But cool deal, though, for the Alaris to be there for us to get a couple of games. Yeah, this kudos to our staff again uh, that that made this all possible, and uh, I thought it was just terrific. And you know, the Alaris Center staff rolling out the carpet, literally, um, and so uh, you know, kind of doing that piece of the puzzle. But the end. Um, uh, Western Illinois just they, they played just a bit, a bit better. I mean they had a couple big innings and yeah. uh, uh, they're, they their 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 uh, their uh, lineup is deep and uh, and so uh, you know close as you said but just just couldn't get over the hump. So uh, so we're back at home this week which is great um, outside at Apollo. So uh, knock on wood. Hopefully the weather will hold off. I know I think the temps will be okay. Now it's uh, it's looking like a little bit of precipitation. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. But but right now we're scheduled to play uh, a, uh, a double dip on Saturday noon and uh, and then probably, what, 15, 20 minutes to follow? Yeah, and then 11 two, o'clock, 2.30-ish, yeah, in that yep. range. Yep, yep. And then 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Yeah, and we're really excited to get to broadcast those games on Saturday live on Midco Sports Network. So myself and Jody Norstead will be on the call for that. Uh, it's a big weekend, of course. Now with the, the three victories for Western Illinois, they've leapfrogged UND in the standings. But it's all very tight still. SDSU is now a couple spots ahead. It's it's number three right now versus number five this weekend. Uh, State's eight and four. Um, UND is four and eight in conference, but a chance to make up some ground against a pretty good Jackrabbit team in the top three in the league. And then they finish, UND does, by the way, next weekend at North Dakota State to close out the regular season. Then the Summit League Tournament will also be in Fargo on May 8th through the 11th. So some big series coming up against yeah. a couple of rivals from nearby, uh, teams that are at the top half of the conference. But as always, you're trying to play your best softball, best whatever, when it comes to crunch time. So another chance this weekend at home, really, truly home for the first time against South Dakota State. Yeah, and I think the, uh, you know, the experience that this team has gotten this year has been, you know, something that will carry, uh, you know, beyond this year uh, we graduated a large senior class last year and uh, and certainly we were a little bit inexperienced in the circle so to speak and yeah. uh, you know that has probably been to some degree you know probably our our, our the area in which getting that experience will help us down the road, no doubt about it. Um, so this week, yeah, no, we, we, we face a tough Jackrabbit team, but, uh, you know, we'll go out on Saturday and see what happens. And uh, we'll just take them, uh, you know, we'll take them as they come. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if we can make up some ground this weekend. Yeah, that is that is the plan for Jordan Stevens and company coming up again Saturday afternoon at Apollo and then Sunday afternoon as well. Uh, you talked earlier women's golf. It was wrapping up their yeah. summer league tournament. They actually, as you mentioned, just finished round three, their final round down in Kansas. Entering today, they were in seventh place out of nine teams in that tournament setting, championship setting, et cetera. That's the, the, the worst they can do now is seventh. The teams behind them have finished. Yeah. There's an opportunity to keep moving forward as results come in. So it's, uh, you know, f- first-year head coach, first year in a new league, a lot of new players getting you know, settled into these different roles, different courses, et cetera. But great chance for them to close out, at least on, on a high note, finish in the top half of the conference if things go well today. Yeah, you know, it, the, 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 the crazy part going into this turn or into today, the, 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 uh, the difference between the top team and, and really the ninth team was not all that much, and especially when you're talking about taking five, uh, you know, five golfers and taking four scores and, uh, you know, you throw one out. But at the end of the day, uh, you'd always throw mine out. If yeah. I was your fifth golfer, I, you'd be throwing <laughs> mine out all the time but but at the end of the day you add up the four uh four golf totals and 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 get a score and today was our best uh best round of the three days and so that's a good way to uh end it and we'll see you know sometimes the best place to be is in the clubhouse right now that's right because truly those teams are 
really are only going to, it's not like an individual shooting below par. They're going to be above par because it's four golfers golfing, but it's just a matter how how far or how much are they going to be above par. Yes. So they could come to you at that point yeah. in time. So as you're listening to this, feel free to jump on uh, undsports.com and, and just find out exactly where UND did finish, seventh or worst, but certainly the opportunity to slide up and get a mid-table spot. Men's golf, by the way, coming up next week as well with the, or the, well, this weekend, excuse me, coming up with the Summit League Tournament in the same spot, Sand Creek Station Golf Club down in Newton, Kansas. Yeah, if you go to uh, golfstat.com, Golfstat is kind of the preeminent uh, website, web provider of all things collegiate golf. Yeah. And so you can track really any... Uh, collegiate tournament there throughout the year and uh and so uh that's that's the way to do it and nice. uh so if you have any if you want to follow follow the men uh next week you can follow on golfstat.com golfstat.com good stuff uh the track and field equivalent would be tfrrs.com and gen track was really busy if you were if you were a track person this was kind of a great weekend to be paying attention a number of different meets all out in california uh at long beach state the brian clay invite Seven new top 10 marks set by the UND men and women, including a, a multiple in the top five. Connor, Dan, Connor Danielson, sorry, running a sub 15 minute 5K, third best in UND history. Erica Eads going 210 in the 800, that's fourth best in UND history. And then Hannah Oscarson and Madison Overby both running 431, but finishing, I think, three hundredths of a second apart from each other in the 1500, that's fourth and fifth best all time. And then Molly Detloff, who just continues to set records now, seventh in the NCAA in the hammer throw this year. Pretty good weekend all around out in California. Kyle Dobrowski was out there. Great tweets from Kyle all weekend, giving us a little heads up on what was happening. Pretty cool stuff for our team to, to finish, almost finish out the regular season on a really high note at some big high profile meets. Yeah, you know, I was talking to Kyle and, uh, you know, I guess in the world of administration, no job too big, no job too small. And uh, really he went out there, one, because he does oversee track and field from an uh, administrative standpoint, but but really probably the main focus was uh, being a van driver. That, that was... <laughs> That was probably the, 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 the number one thing that, that he was there for. And, and I think he did a great job. But, no, there was – he just said it was really kind of crazy, all the things that are going on that weekend. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, all the good chunk of teams just flood that area. And it's just – there's like five things going on at once. And I think at any point in time, you probably need a list of, you know, where – folks literally are yeah. and uh and so he said it was great great weather and it just worked out fantastic yeah it's the definition of a split squad game L when like you split, are split, split up split. in some multiple oh. different sites it's unbelievable yeah. Uh, well, good for that group as they continue to build toward the Summit League Outdoor Championships, which are going to be in Macomb, May 8th through the 10th. They're going to meet, last regular season meet of the season coming up in Moorhead this weekend. And then, yeah, a week off to rest and heal up and get ready to go out in Western Illinois country uh, in the, yeah, second weekend of May. So exciting stuff there. Uh, women's tennis, you mentioned uh, tennis getting ready for the Summit League tournaments. Women's tennis is in. Uh, the men did not make it this year, but the uh, women getting a chance to play for a Summit League championship down in Tulsa coming up later yeah, this Yeah, the, the men missed out by a win. Whisker and uh, talked to Coach Wynn and just said it came down to a tie break, really, literally. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but but a good season nonetheless, and uh, our best season in Division One. But the ladies uh, did a nice job, and uh, they'll be going and playing literally in the semifinals. Yeah. And so uh, we'll see what happens. I know DU DU's pretty good. 
So, uh, you know, uh, but I think if we can find a way to, uh, to hold our seed and, uh, and make it to, to Saturday, that'd be pretty special. Chip in a chair, right? That's what you say. You just never know. You never know. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you got to get that. The only way you can win is to get there. Exactly. Exactly. So good for them making into that, that semifinal rounds. Again, Tulsa coming up this weekend for women's tennis in the summer league tournament. Uh, one other big thing this weekend on campus, how about the champions ball upon us already coming up on Saturday night, seven o'clock, the biggest fundraiser. It, it, you mentioned biannual. This is a biannual deal. You don't do this every year. Yeah. A great opportunity for the community to rally around and really support UND Athletics. Yeah, I um, first time I'll have gone to the ball because obviously I was here last year, but uh, but it was an off year. And so uh, our foundation, uh, led by Val Sussex, really kind of spearheads this uh, particular event and uh, does just a great job. But but the really kudos to the entire foundation because they kind of support it and get behind it. And uh, and they know how important this is. But you're right. It was uh, I think it was last uh, maybe maybe two and a half weeks ago, two and a half, three weeks ago, it was sold out. Mm. 800 about 800 people so uh, it'll be at the alaris and you know it'll be awesome and uh can't thank people enough for uh for stepping up not only with uh uh you know their participation in buying uh tables and, and tickets and, and but also their donation items and it yes. should be a lot of fun yeah, this great. Is, if you talk about again a great night to celebrate this athletics department um if you, if you didn't get a ticket of course obviously a little bit too late for this year but just to give you another taste coming up in 2021 get get, get involved in this you get a chance to sit at a table with our und student athletes you get to hear some of their stories throughout the night you get a great meal you get an opportunity then to bid on a number of pretty pretty cool unique items that you can only get at an event like this yep. it's it's really a cool thing and obviously all, all these dollars are going toward supporting you know supporting scholarships funding und athletics uh, again you have to wait now for two more years before you can get in on this again but a great opportunity uh, and certainly one to think of in the future i like i like the concept of every other year i really do i um you know we talked about you know potentially hosting say a regional every year and it, it can be a bit taxing when you run an event right yeah. to this magnitude but knowing you you have a year off helps but the other thing it does is throughout the the 23 or so odd months you're always kind of collecting sort of items that might make sense so if, yeah. if we kind of if something occurs somewhere uh and we uh maybe replace something we think hmm that would be great for the ball and so so you kind of put that away <laughs> you really do it's kind of that thought process it's pretty funny yeah. but and we kind of store it away and away you go it is fun to talk to val who obviously does a phenomenal job in her duties with the foundation and also uh, is, is great with, with both Kyle on, on the Fox broadcasts and also with us on Midco Sports Network as a color analyst for basketball. But she just has so much passion for this event. And it is fun to hear her from time to time over the course of the year say, hey, we got this great item that you're just going to, I'm so excited about this, that we've that someone donated to be a part of this auction. And so she's really jazzed about some of the, so the vacation destinations to go with teams and see games. Be great. Oh, it, it's, it's awesome. So I'm super excited. I get to emcee the thing this year, which I'm really excited about. So that's going to be fun. Uh, it's just going to be a really fun night. So we'll have more information on that, of course, is after we, we won't have a pod next week, by the way, but the following week, we're going to need a fall, fall, a little fallout. We need a little, little breather after what's going to be a really fun weekend. But uh, the following week, we'll tell you how all those things went and share some stories probably from that night coming up this weekend. That's exactly right. Um, one other note, and we want to touch on this, uh, the UND family uh, affected with the passing recently of Roberta uh, Burt Klum, who passed away on Friday, April the 12th. Uh, she'd been a UND employee since 1991 and worked in various capacities around campus, but had been in athletics for a little while. Always tough when, when a member of the UND family yeah, has a moment like this. Yeah, as we record this today, uh, her funeral was actually today, mm -hmm. and our visiting hours were 
last night, and I know our uh, our our department, our university was affected, uh, shaken up by it for sure. And the one thing, Bert, um, it's quite amazing. Obviously, I, I knew her for for a year, and um, she right right until her passing, literally was working. And I say that in a way that um, is. You know, she just, I think, uh, you know, she had such passion for what she did and what she wanted to do. I'm sure there was a, there was a level that it helped her move through some things yeah. as well. But, you know, she just right, right up until, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, um, that, that, you know, cancer that it seems to always get some of our family members, um, you know, came back and, uh, but she was, she was a fighter. She was a grinder. And I know, uh, she loved UND for yeah. sure. And, uh, and, you know, we, we're going to miss her a whole lot. So our, our, our thoughts and prayers are to the, to the Clum family. And, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a big loss for us and, uh, you know, time, time will, will heal a little bit, but, uh, but this has been a tough, tough week or so. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, that's our yeah best wishes as well. Yeah, certainly from everybody at Midco SN and here from UND to the Clums. Uh, anything else on your plate, Bill, from a UND perspective you'd like to touch on? You know, just just two quickies is that I do, uh, right after the uh, the ball on Saturday, uh, Coach Barry and I will be jumping on a plane right. and going to the NCHC yes. meeting. So there'll be some conversations about just, you know, just general business, right? General conference business. So uh, when we, so next week there will be no pod. Um, and, uh, but the following week we'll, we'll have that and we'll have some uh, debrief on some of the things I guess I can discuss at that point in time. Who knows what, what will transpire, but, um, so that's one. And then Tuesday of next week is our annual night of champions. And that's so, right. uh, yeah. so that is occurring as well. And, uh, sadly I won't be there for that. And, uh, um, you know, we, life is about choices, right? And, uh, our, we, we, we made a choice to, to kind of present this to our student athletes and they really wanted to go downtown uh, to the empire mm -hmm. and it just, they really liked it down there. It, it really is an awesome setting. And unfortunately that was really the only date that worked based sure. on finals mm -hmm. and a lot of other things, competitions and all those types of things. So just sometimes it's hard to be two places at once, but with the, our student athletes are in great hands uh, uh, next week, but uh, that's always a fun night as well. And the keynote is going to be Dick Clay this week, yeah. this year. So isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. So I think he'll be able to, he'll be a, he's a man of few words, but he'll, he'll give some impactful words uh, over his 34 uh, years of uh, service here at UND. Yeah. Well, it's a great event, a chance to recognize great. greatness all across the board from individual athletic event or individual awards excuse me amongst yep. the athletic department to team awards to just all just it, caps it's a the great year. night it really, caps really the does year. it caps yeah. the year yeah yep. great night so that's coming up on on uh the 30th excuse me as you said on on tuesday yes um we're good well let's flip over uh to a, to a b-side we joked online a little bit about this over social media about how the b-side was going to be about an hour and a half this week because we had we had one of the great soccer matches of all time take place uh, about a week ago last wednesday in the champions league uh, Manchester City 4, Spurs 3, but it was a happy Spurs defeat on this particular night at the Eddie Had. In Bill. only the way soccer can be, <laughs> really. I mean, if you don't understand soccer, it's amazing how you could be rooting for a loss like that, and it's a happy loss. And so, and yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. So we've touched on this in the pod before. This was a Champions League quarterfinal. And like all of the, really in the knockout stages, it's two legs. You play home and away. It's basically a 180-minute match. And you split it up over these two 90-minute games. And in these circumstances, away goals count for more. So if you get a tie, if you have tied on aggregate over the course of the two legs, 
whoever got the more away goals is going to win that tiebreaker so we don't end up with a penalty shootout or these games yep. that go on forever. So and Spurs... Again, people know it going in. Yes, they Teams do. Teams know it going yes, in. Yes, exactly. It's huge. Just, Spurs had won the first game at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, yep. one to nothing Which the week huge. before. Huge. So City did not get an away goal. Then they go to the Etihad. And the thing just exploded from the beginning. You had four goals in the opening 11 minutes. Which it was it was fascinating listening to the commentary because the guy who's announcing the match like his head is exploding every time. Surely this cannot continue. Let's get sharp. No, there's another goal. It was just this unbelievable start. So it's two two, and you've got to be feeling fantastic because now you've got two away goals in your back pocket. City have to score four now at this point. Like you're clear sailing. Sure. Done and dusted. Sure. And then things kind of just take a turn, don't they? But maybe yeah, I, I, the first and, and if anyone saw me out there, I, it's the only time because I, I, I've seen too many games in life. And I, yeah. it's old guy, right? So I'm going to be 53. I've seen a lot of games. Yeah. So I don't get too jazzed up about a lot of things. This one was just wild. <laughs> but I also knew there was a lot left. Yeah. There was a lot left. Now, I would have felt better if the Spurs got the third goal. It made yes. it three two. Yes. Then it almost would have mm-hmm. been, I'd say, not impossible, but they would have to really sell out, and and yeah. to the point where I don't want to say it's an empty net, but boy, but it feels that way. It you feels open yourself that way, up. totally. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 sure enough, who gets the next one? City. <laughs> so, and and yeah. you knew they would. Yep. So now yeah. you're sitting there going, I'm not even sure I'd rather be the Spurs right now. I feel like the, don't you feel like the, oh, the it, snowball it, oh, is man. coming? All the momentum was on, you know, City were, were a lot of opportunities back to back, a lot of chances to get the fourth goal. They had all the momentum. Oh, I thought for, for all the world, it felt like. But then the, they do get the fourth and, goal. And they do. They did score their fourth goal. And so now it's four to two. They, and, they've and, got and their, their is through. now losing. Yep. Yep. Four, three. Yep. So now, now Tottenham has to tie it. Yep. And sure enough, uh, the, my friend, Lorente, who comes in and somehow, some way, I don't know how it all worked, yeah. but the ball c- kind of went off his, off, his hip. off his hip. He hipped it in. He like like the in. ancient Mayans, hipping yep. in. And, and it went in. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then at that point, it, it, of course, there was going to be five minutes of, of, of extra time. Oh, of course. Of course, of course there, there was. was yeah. And, and I, it might as well have been 500 minutes yeah. because I knew they were going to score. Yeah, and they, they did. did. And they did. And they did. But C- they were offside. Yeah, so City score. If you didn't see this again, City score in like the 90, 90th plus three. So three minutes into added time. Two minutes to go. Yep. So basically at the death here. Raheem Sterling scores his third goal of the match. So he gets a hat trick. And that, that's the goal that's going to send them into the semifinals. The place just goes crazy. And Pep Guardiola, who's won everything you could possibly win as a player and a manager, I mean, is just in histrionics on the sideline. I mean, there's just, people are just going nuts in the building. But they decide to check it. And they've got instant replay in the Champions League, which they do not have in the Premier League, called Video Assistant Referee VAR, V-A-R. And they, the, the referee makes the signal of like a big, you're making a big box and to say, we're, we're reviewing it right now. And they overturn the goal. And it was Corre- the right correctly, call. Correctly. Correctly. So. But if that was the Premier League, there was, goal there is, stood. goal would have stood. Goal would have stood. So it's just amazing. Uh, and, and, then, uh, and then I was saying three words, three words very loudly. <laughs> then I saw something else on Twitter and they added two more words to it. But I was just saying, blow the whistle. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying very loudly. And then I saw a tweet 
and it was there. There was a little few more expletives sure. uh, around that, but sure. the, but the bottom line was blow the whistle. Oh man! So so they blew the whistle and uh, and then went ahead and, uh, and 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 have advanced now to play Ajax of all yeah. teams. Yeah, I, the crazy thing is again. Remember, if you think back, Spurs barely made it into barely. The, the, Skin, the knockout stage. Thin. Barely, you had to beat Barcelona on the road and on the last day and got the job done. Got themselves in, and now here they are. Basically, one result away. You got the same thing: two legs, semifinals. But you're one result away from making it into the final, and they've yeah. never made it this far. They've never made it. And then the final is just one. It's match. one match. And it's so one match in Madrid. You never know. No, you never you just know. Never know how that goes. The, I am uh, really rooting for Liverpool, by the way. <laughs> I have no problem playing Liverpool in Spain. Sure, playing Barcelona, play Barcelona in Spain, Spain will be a different. That'll That's be a exactly different story. Right. The uh, yeah, I think um, most people would look at your draw and see that you got Ajax, who again is a is a great team this year. Beat Real yep. Madrid, the three time winners in a row, and then you've also beaten uh, Juventus, who has Cristiano Ronaldo, et cetera, in the last round. So you, they're a good team, good young team. But compared to playing Barca, who you've obviously already played this season, or Liverpool, or some of these other teams, you know, you probably just made it through the the most difficult tie you're going to have with Manchester yes. City. So yeah. everything is there for the taking against a very good offensive-minded Ajax side. Uh, Liverpool, meanwhile, kind of a whole hum. Beat beat Porto from Portugal over two legs. Stomped them four to one uh, down in Portugal. So yeah, so we get Barcelona now. So you start. Be careful where what you, you start? wish for. Uh, I want to say that we start at. Anfield. I want to say the first leg, I believe, it is, is at Anfield. It is a little Anfield. tricky to play at home first, isn't it? I prefer to play on the road first. I know it depends on... Everybody kind of has a different school of thought really? on this. Most people would say, no, you want to play at home first, establish the lead, get the advantage, and then you can see what you're playing with on the road. From my perspective, I almost would rather be on the road first, go and... I, I, you know, it's it's just kind of... Every, everybody's different. I really okay. don't have a strong feeling either way. It's, it's nerve-wracking no matter what. But. Well, we tried, and again, and only the way the Spurs can uh, uh, roll is, and of course, their next Premier League game was at Man City. Right. So, of course, we had to play Man City three times in a row. Yeah, of course. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, uh, at the end of the day, played okay. Yeah. Had chances. Yeah. Just couldn't get it done. Yeah. So, so one that felt bad for you. I mean, I it's yeah. tough if they keep winning out. You, you can't catch them. Can't can catch you? them. Yep. Stinks. It's it's just neck and neck still in the race. And Spurs the same thing. Yeah. We we could have used a little bit of help in the league, but you know what do you do? Still a two point gap at the top, but City have a game in hand. So yeah. that means if they can if they win out, City will finish on ninety nine points. Liverpool will finish on ninety eight. Yeah. The record is 100, which City did last year. So these would be two of the greatest seasons of all time in the Premier League era, and Liverpool would finish second. Spurs right now, because everybody else is just throwing up all over themselves in the race to make Champions League next year, are still in third place. Chelsea uh, tied on 67 points with Spurs, but they have an extra game in hand. But Chelsea have lost, uh, they've, they've not won in two. Arsenal have lost two of their last three. Man United have lost three of their last five and now have to play City this weekend. They're in a real tailspin, yeah. including a really couple bad defeats against Barcelona in the Champions League. It just still feels like, even though nobody's really grabbing this, that this is Spurs' well, opportunity Spurs are, still. As we record this right now, they're 0-0 at halftime. And it, this would yeah. be nice to get three points. Yeah. And that would feel like... Against Brighton, by the way, who Brighton, are which they're, 17th in the league. But they are really... Yeah. fighting for their yes, lives. They are. And so yes. that it, it does get it. That's what's interesting about the Premier League is that it, even though you're playing one of these teams where it would logically like in January 
you're probably winning 4-1. Yeah. But th- this team's playing with a, a, an incredible energy because they don't want to get relegated. Right. You're so, literally fighting for your lives. You're fighting yeah. for your premier life. Yeah. So uh, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, what w- will be difficult for, for the Spurs next game, my son got a yellow card, so he doesn't play the next that's game. That's right. In that, in that first leg against uh, Ajax. So that's yes. not good. Yeah. Yep. So who scored two? His son scored two fantastic goals at the beginning of that game to stake Tottenham to that lead. So Coach Logan, another Liverpool fan, because that's what people are. Liverpool fans apparently the good ones yep yep they um (laughs) he thinks and again he's he's kind of teased me a bit but there's there's kernels of truth in it the Spurs are different without Harry Kane and not different bad I mean they're they're just they're they can be almost as dangerous if not more dangerous because those two guys up front are pretty quick yeah I would disagree I mean we've talked about this at length it's just a different look when when Kane's yes. not in the lineup and they can play Mora and Son or they, or they move Delhi to a different position or they move it, they just it makes them do different things and these aren't necessarily bad things as long as the other main players around are still healthy and that that won't That's be the problem. case in the first yep. leg against Sox. That's Ajax. their problem. So um, really quick, Sox watch. We're watching the Sox by the way right now. We were playing the first game of a doubleheader yep. against Detroit. When we potted last week, I think there was some opt- maybe I expressed some optimism that things had turned around, and then we lost a couple in a row and but didn't look great. Tampa. But then swept Tampa. So right yep. back into the mix, not out of the cellar now in the AL East. Uh, your thoughts right now on the state of the nation? So. Pitching's not good. <laughs> Pitching, if, you, pitching if your pitching's not good, you're not going to be very good. Yeah. And I just watched, you know, uh, Sale was on today, and he's still throwing, you know, I would say at best low 90s. And yeah. that's just, that's concerning. He threw all sliders today, and Eckersley had some term for giving up a home run. <laughs> and so you had that going on. And, and so all that to be said, their bullpen has been a little bit, I mean, not great. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I Evaldi, right, going to the DL. So I, I, it, the the staff hasn't been great, and so I, I think if they could turn that around, sure, it's a it's a long long season. But I, I'm happy for Twins fans. Surely they're yeah. playing great. Play, yeah, great start great. to the season. You know that gives you a yes. chance. I know they haven't had maybe the most difficult schedule in the world, but I think they ended up beating Houston last night. And so hey, I, you play the teams in front of you. And that's it. So we'll see what happens what they do this year. Rocco Baldelli. You get a, you get a young manager sometimes, sometimes. that kind of gives you a little – you see it all the time in soccer. You get that new manager bounce. Yep. Sox saw that last year. Twins are experiencing some of that. Kind of funny season. that, man, you got that manager bounce, and now they're getting the bounce back. <laughs> that's right. They, they could be the first it doesn't that, last actually, forever. that actually extends – and then he's done by the end of the year. <laughs> There's a possibility. That, 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 that's right? the manager boomerang. Could that happen? Yeah, that's a possibility. Ah, I, nah, I don't know if they'd. I don't know if they'd fire Ole. I don't know. Uh, Hasn't been we'll great see. lately. It, it would have to get. They really couldn't win for the rest of the season. It I wasn't think, for great Sunday. Have, it, no, it wasn't great Sunday. No, it wasn't. When it, they lost it, four it, nothing to Everton, no, yeah, that wasn't. And great. it may not be good. Let's just say tomorrow. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope. I will say, well, we've talked a lot about soccer today. I really despise Man United more than any of the other teams, like more so than but City and Chelsea. The, I am all for the Red Devils this third, right. this Wednesday, the Manchester Derby. You, you need, need at a least win. a, a tie, All, all right? they got to do is draw. We just need them to draw one of these matches. That's all we need. And They this, know that. They, they do. So They know it well. <sighs> so. Anyway, yeah. I like Ole. I hope, he, I hope he sticks around. He's a good guy. I don't, I don't despise them as much as I used to when they, when they had – Jose as their manager or before that with Sir Alex Ferguson when they just won everything it's it's but still yes yeah. final Not thing yeah, tale, tale of the tape of the Heinert family over the last uh, 
week or so what, what transpired yeah so we kind of had a big big life event going on we had another baby uh, my amazing wife Kelsey who works in the UND admissions office uh, gave birth to our second child a little baby girl on Good Friday night 11.55pm we just snuck her in just under the wire so she's got an April 19th birthday um, but uh just a beautiful little girl, um, eight pounds, three ounces. Ooh, they, they measured her in, <laughs> they measured her at like 19 inches and three quarters. And then we went or took her in for the, the two day checkup today. And she was like 21 inches and a quarter. So I don't know what they had, what happened there, but she's really long and, and is just has long fingers and long toes and good head of hair and uh, just beautiful. So That's awesome. it's a uh, Catherine, uh, Catherine DC is her name. Um, DC is the name of uh, my wife's mother. Oh, so good. it's, it's really cute. So little, we're, little baby Kate joining the family. All so right, let's o- go. Older sister, Emily's 18 months and we've, we've joked, she's been curious, borderline indifferent, which is, which is good. We, we didn't want her to be maybe all over a newborn yeah. right away. So, but she loves her little sister already. It's really cute. She gives her little, little snuggles and little pats on the head. And, all right. And then goes off and does something else for a bit. So we've, we've just been, uh, yeah, just loving life. It's just so unique to be a family of four all of yeah. a sudden, but we love it. So blessed. So now you're, uh, you are in man to man. We've, we've switched from the double team, yes. which was effective for about a year and a half. Yes. And now, now we're in this man to man situation and I can see where all of a sudden, if you get outnumbered, again, we're one away from being outnumbered bill and you know what that's like. I do. <laughs> we had eight years of diaper chain. We never broke the chain. Oh man. That's a, it's a long Anytime time. going to whatever, the diapers were on the list for eight years. <laughs> Finally got it done. Oh. That's it. That must have been a glorious day, by the way. There's some, could, there's some good days. Yeah. That's oh, one. Boy, that's, that's, that's one. a good day. Sad day. Sad day. For, for, I, I think for, especially when you get outnumbered it, to some degree, is it's always nice to be able to, to pick up your child, put him or her in a crib, but when they able to climb out and able to access or be able to have freedom. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a dangerous day. Yeah. That's a tough day. We're getting closer and closer with our, are you? Yeah, we're getting, we're getting, it's close. an interesting day when that happened. Cause then it like, like once oh, that happened, off, Oh, you're done. Once they don't do it once oh, done. Man. Yep. Well, that's an interesting day. <laughs> it is. It's a pause day. Cause you just, you go, it, it's a it's a seminal moment, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. But then you know it, yeah. things get crazy, and you're just able to kind of yeah. mm-hmm. it, it helps, right? Yeah, it it does right now. Now is great because we've got one that we can put down for a nap and know she's going to stay there, and one that really, again, at four days old, is is not really going anywhere. Nope. So we're, we're we can handle it. But yeah, once once we get a little more freedom, yeah, all bets are off. Going to yep. be going to be a game changer, yep. but we will yep. enjoy the time we have right now, and we're just yeah cherishing these. It's been great to be able to be home with my wife and our, our kids. I think it's great, and have had great family support. So it's yeah, awesome. Well, th- thanks awesome, for awesome. coming in to do the pod. No, I wouldn't. Hey, I mean, if she would have been born today, <laughs> well, <laughs> we yeah. maybe would have taken a little rain check. But yeah, we we uh, it, I'm glad it worked out. So thanks for postponing until Tuesday for me this week. Good deal, and then uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Yes, <laughs> we will. Champions Ball, Cam, excited for it. So be great, awesome. Be great. Big All thanks right. as always, Bill Shaves, David Folsky. Catherine Heinert. I'm Alex Heinert. We'll talk to you soon.